Rick Madison, Rick and friends. And this, this fellow is a friend and, uh, known each other for a few years. I might have a product from his store and, uh, love it immensely. And the reason people often say, why do you have certain people on, on uh, regular intervals? And that's because they speak, uh, very forthright with, without any agenda. They just kind of speak their mind. And he is one of those wonderful people that does that. So welcome Gary Norcom to the big show. Welcome, Rick. Nice to be back. So, Gary, uh, let's dive in. You and I have had a chat about um, certain things that are affecting your store in Springfield. One of them is uh, you've you've had a rash of of shoplifting and thefts, and 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 again, it, it wears on the staff. It wears on you, and it it seems like there's just an unending wave. And I know you don't blame the RCMP. Uh, they're doing what they can. They have their hands full. But but what are some thoughts surrounding this issue? Because Kelowna, and, and I'm sure lots of other retailers, have that same issue, which is uh, the same faces seem to keep coming in and coming in. Well, we see some regular faces, but generally when we catch shoplifters, you know, there's no... We can't care call the police, and, and again, I'm not faulting them in any way um, because there's nothing that they can really do. They'll maybe charge them, let them back out in the street. Uh, they may take a couple hours to get to our store. What do we do with that shoplifter in the meantime? But it's definitely on the escalation. It, it, it's uh, just in the last week we've had five different shoplifters that we've caught and kicked out of the store and told never to return. And, you know, once upon a time they used to be humble and apologetic when they got caught oh i'm sorry uh, i know i shouldn't have done that and now they're aggressive assertive one guy ripped out of our store with a bike one of my staff ran after him and uh caught him and a couple other staff followed the guy wanted to fight he got up and he said uh, this is my bike i just stole it and he, he wants to fight and he's yelling and screaming and it's getting aggressive and um, I guess because most of them know now that they can go into just about any store the staff have been told by their management let it go don't don't, don't confront engage. them don't engage yeah don't engage back off so they just go in with their shopping basket their bag whatever pick a bunch of things up and out they go now you're confronting them saying what are you doing put that out get that out of your pocket mm -hmm. you're not allowed they're getting aggressive well why not I can do it everywhere else so I, I have a real problem with that. And, uh, and you know, I, I thought that the um, potentially new um, Premier of BC uh, coming out and saying that, you know, we've got to do something. We have to give these prolific offenders an option. Go to jail or go get treatment. And whether that's confined treatment, I, I don't care. I, I really believe in that. And Mayor Bazran said the same thing recently. And, and now you get the Civil Liberties Organization jumping down on his throat for saying that. Come on, guys, open up. Get down at the street level and see what it's like. You have to do something with these people. And I know it's a big problem and it's a complicated problem, but you have to give that person an option. Either you go to jail for doing all of these things and, and costing the taxpayers so much money or you go get get better. So it's just, uh, you know, burns my butt. And, you know, the pendulum has swung way too far to one side here. Now let's get it back to the middle. It, it does create a, a stress, a stressful environment for the staff as well. Because when you have that air defiance by the shoplifters, by these people that are coming in, 
I mean, it, it, it can be violent. It can be pushback. There can be a, a number of different factors that they, they push back on, on the staff and the store. And, but you've, you're creating a bit of a reputation that you psychopath will simply not stand for people coming in and feeling like they can just take whatever they want off the shelves and not pay for it. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, I, I, I take it very personally. It's like somebody putting their hand into my pocket and taking some money out. I don't think anybody listening here would would like that. And uh, no, I, I mean, I certainly don't want to see the staff harmed. I don't want to see somebody pull out a... Uh, you know, a big steel pipe and hit them. I, I don't want to see that. And But, but you know, pick and choose the battles. But uh, they pull me out immediately. Um, I have a number of young staff that, uh, you know, they're they're not as fearful maybe as um, uh, other stores. And uh, again, they're not picking a fight. They're just telling that person, you know, give us our product back and get the heck out of the store. And this is not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. We're not going to put up with it. And you're not allowed to come back in. If we see your face, you're turned around at the door. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't have the manpower or person power to follow a person all around the store so they wait until the, the staff member looks the other way so they can pocket something. I'm, we're going to start getting more assertive and kicking them out at the door now. Is that Am I going to kick the odd person out that maybe isn't going to come out and thieve? Well, maybe, but that's the price we have to pay. What's interesting, though, is this is the the bird's eye view of a local store so you you start to know the faces as you said you start to know who the prolific offenders are and then you have big big chains that again there's so many different levels of of hierarchy to that chain so for them they're just basically saying listen if somebody steals do not do not approach do not do anything and let them walk out because from a corporate standpoint the backlash is far too much and then we so but then we have a local store who's like listen this is not yours <laughs> i am not going to stand for it and that's the difference i see between corporate and local yeah and i can understand where the corporate uh companies are coming from I, I totally understand and appreciate it and um, they just uh, charge it to cost of doing business and in some areas of the country it's going to be higher hopefully some areas it's going to be lower but they're going to factor that into the prices you pay so the average honest citizen is going to pay more for the product the stores can't operate at a loss um, and you know people will say well you know you can write that off but most of those people saying something as dumb as that haven't been in business before. Yes, I'm writing it off, absolutely. But it cost me to buy it. So, See, and, and I had that conversation with somebody when they saw a broken window on a store and they said, oh, the, they'll just put it through insurance. Well, a lot of businesses actually won't because for the most part, that, that boosts their insurance rate. And after a while, it's tougher to get insurance. And, and again, it, it becomes this, this revolving door of, of issues of added cost. And I think anybody that's not been in business has no idea how much cost is incurred with vandalism, theft, and all of this. Yeah, that's exactly true. And, you know, uh, insurance companies aren't in the business to lose money. So if there are a number of claims, insurance rates go up for everyone, not just the business. So pair that in mind, we're paying the price and uh, it, it doesn't come for free. And oh, just let them. It's a, a one person on a, a talk show the other day said it's a, it's a survival crime. In other words, they're trying to justify it. You know, well, I'm out of work and I don't have any, any money and well, I got to steal it. Come on now. Are we, are we getting down that far down the path to say, oh, it's okay. 
they're street people, they're allowed to steal. No, sorry. So I was lucky enough one year, uh, not this last year, the year before, to uh, to write on behalf of food bank clients. And these are these are people that are receiving help from the food bank who graciously offer to put their name forward in the hopes of raising donations to the food bank. And And one particular lady struck me who said, you know what, Rick, in, in this city, which is very generous, it is impossible to go hungry. She said, there is so many people wanting to help. If you know the channels, you can get help. If you refuse that help, then that is a different issue. And she said, it is truly one of those great places where there's always a seat at the table. And I said, is that is that true for everyone? And she said, the people that she knows, and she, she said, this is just from my own perspective, I have been in a bad way due to a number of different injuries and illnesses and everything else. And she said, I am always able to eat and provide for my son. So I find it interesting sometimes that they, they fall back on, well, I can't get anything. And, 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 and again, I'm, there are certain people out there with mental issues and a whole host of things. But when I hear that and then I see that, you know, I, I think that's why we have to fall back on, have you actually looked at getting help? Have you actually, and, and, and some people, I guess, they're just chronically homeless, I guess. Yes. Um, again, I don't know all the levels of, you know, the homeless and the mentally challenged, mentally, uh, mental addictions and all of those issues. I, I, I just see the result of this mm -hmm. and, and hope that, you know, uh, intelligent heads will prevail and that all governments will work together. May, maybe I live in a utopian uh, uh, dream or something, but, but it's, it's got to go across all governments and it's got to be a big thing. And you know what? Put this, this civil libertarian um, BS aside. This is a problem and we have to fix it. And if it means we have to put people into an institution to try to get them better, and really when it boils down to it, most of them truly would like to get better. We have to do this. We have to change the laws. Like this prolific offender, over 400 offenses, and oh, well, we're going to give you some conditions and put you back out in the street. Within 24 hours, you got arrested again. Come on, guys. Like, it's not working. We have to change it. So, so this is a, a bit of an aside to this, but um, you were talking about a nickel road um, which again, part and parcel, but there's a nickel road drug house. And I, I believe you, you brought this up to me that the, the landlord is actually having trouble evicting the tenants, even though he has just cause. And, and you, you've always thought the landlord tenant act needs to be revisited. Yeah. We talked about that before that I, I think it's gone a little bit one-sided and, uh, the landlord doesn't have any power at all. And here you have this drug house. He's gone to the landlord tenancy board or whatever you call it, uh, I think three times now. And his, his request has been denied. He can't kick these people out that the police have been there numerous times. And they know it's a drug house. And there are, you know, a, a convicted felons living in there. And this guy can't kick them out. He feels sorry for the neighbors. He's trying. The landlord is trying to get rid of them and can't. Now, 
I mean, logic and common sense doesn't seem to prevail sometimes in some of these departments. What's interesting to me is, um, and again, you brought this up previously, which is I think more people would probably entertain renting out a portion of their home or or a carriage home or something like that if the law could be more balanced as far as if there is one, two strikes, you're out or whatever there is, but you need to have some sort of fallback position. If you're the landlord, and again, going back to the comment about the neighbors, if the neighbors have a problem and the landlord is is toothless when it comes to actually enforcing anything, that just means you have free reign. If you pay your rent, then you're golden. And I, I think that's, that's the part that BC needs to look at. Yeah, they... I- Whoever, whichever bureaucrat was sitting at the desk looking at this request, you know, they probably could have picked up the phone. They could have called the RCMP. They could have got, maybe obtained a few more insights into exactly what was going on. You know, do they do that? I don't think so. I don't, they just look at the paper and, nope, sorry, it doesn't meet the requirements, bang, out. So, yeah, that has to change. I mean, again, I I would never rent a, honestly, I would never rent a house. When I read stories like that, I wouldn't buy a house and rent it out. Because your name is besmirched when it comes to the reputation. Like, I mean, you you will have numerous people that say, oh, that's uh, Gary Norcom's rental house and it's taken over. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm not out to piss a bunch of people off here. Um, and, and so, yeah, not, not just that, I would lose my investment mm-hmm. value. Um, I'd sooner do a commercial piece of property. You have lots of rights there, you know, <laughs> you could keep them out. Not a problem. <laughs> okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. You run a successful enterprise. It's, uh, it's doing well. And, and I think part of it is you've, you've really invested in, in, uh, in the staff and in development, and and I've heard from other uh, entrepreneurs and retailers that they've they listened to the last podcast that we did, and they said, you know what, I'm going to employ some of these these things that uh, that Gary has. So one of the documents you brought forward today was the uh, the Kelowna staff core values. Now tell me how that article originated, because you you found that from another cycle shop, I believe. Yes, I I belong to this um, group called the P2 group was set up by the National Bike Dealers Association of uh, like-minded bike shops across Canada who want to improve their business. And so they we share all of our data, our ideas, we brainstorm, we try to help each other out. Some Someone's having a an issue with one part of their business and somebody else has a strength in that area. We, we share and help each other out and it's to make all of us stronger. And uh, one of the uh, shops, Ridley Cycles in Calgary, shared um, a list of what they call their fundamentals for their staff. And, uh, and we all thought that was such a great idea. Well, by the end of the meeting, we all had it emailed to us. And uh, this is something they had developed over time. And so now they give it to us. And now we're not starting from ground zero. And so we took that, and uh, along with your help, uh, we worked with the staff in making it our own and getting buy-in from all the staff. And it, you know, it's a reference for everybody uh, as to the values that we require that are non-negotiable with our staff. When we're hiring new people, we get them to sign off on it. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great document. 
It's a great uh, list to have, and it may evolve over time. It's a fluid document, and we may add or subtract certain things as required, but I, uh, I really think it's important that all businesses have something like that. What's interesting is the employee handbook or manual, they often don't get read. <laughs> and and what's great about a, a one-page document that you know, doesn't is is not a hundred pages long, is the fact that it's a an easy glance and does this new hire meet a lot of these values? Because again, whenever you look at hiring somebody else, you're looking at improving your culture. So, do they match this profile? And you have a very uh, dedicated list that uh, that we should go through. Well, sure, I'm happy to share it, and uh, you know, I will put it out there if a business owner. Uh, uh, would like to see it or like a copy of it, I'm, I'm happy to share that to just, you know, help help a local business out and uh, help them improve their service within the store as well as to customers coming in. So we, we've talked about this list. Can you share with uh, the listenership some of the core values of Psychopath staff just to give them an idea of, of what this working document looks like? Well, the first one we have on the list, and I would almost put it as as uh, very critical. All of these are critical, but this one at the top of the list, positive and enthusiastic. Nothing burns my butt more than going into some store and it's obvious they're not happy to be there. Mm -hmm. You know what? They shouldn't be there. They should leave. Mm -hmm. They should go find another job where they would be happy. So positive and enthusiastic, but not just to the customer, but to other coworkers. You know, upbeat. You know, and yeah, sure, you have your down days, but by and large you should definitely be positive and enthusiastic about your work, enthusiastic about working with, with your, with your other team members. Because I think if, if somebody's going to put money down for a bike, they, they really want to feel like there's an appreciation for the fact that they're standing in that store at that particular moment, looking at that particular bike, that particular brand. And, and if somebody is sitting there bored out of their, their mind, giving them some sort of product knowledge, maybe, and, and really resting on a fixture, I, I think that's when people get ticked off and go, you don't care if, if I spend my money here and that's that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I th the, the customer wants to be appreciated. They want to know that that person wants to help them. And, uh, you know, you're forking over money. And I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a bike. It could be a, a tube repair, a flat repair. It could be you're buying a lock or some clothing. Just hey, you know, they're coming in to spend their money. They could spend their money elsewhere. They could go online. So, yeah, show some enthusiasm. You know, look, listen. Well, this is kind of fun. Let's, let's <laughs> keep going down the list here. What, what was uh, number? Well, the other one is a, is, is a fundamental as well, and that's honesty. And it's not just honesty in, within the company working at the store, um, but it's it's honesty to the customer. I mean, don't, don't lie. Don't BS. You know, and if you don't know something, ask another team member. Um, but, hey, something got delayed. You know what? Be honest about it. Why did it get delayed? Sometimes you drop the ball and you didn't order that bike or that item for that customer when you should have. You know what? Own up to it. And, and fall on the sword. Yeah. Yeah. And fall on that sword and say, you know what? I screwed up. What's somebody supposed to do after that? Beat you up? You know, I mean, they could say, well, I'm pretty dissatisfied and I'm taking my business elsewhere. Well, okay. At least you held the upper ground and you were honest about it. Mm -hmm. And people make mistakes. So just, you know, don't make them too often. And, and it's interesting too, though, that often people that are junior, um, you know, they're, they're, their confidence isn't there. So they're going to say, 
um, oh, in regards to that particular component for that bike. Um, and they might say something that they know may or may not be confirmed, but they don't want to lose face inside of the customer or their peers. And, and I think you've really guarded against that by saying, above all else, the information we give should be verified and true. And, and that integrity piece, I think employees react well to the fact that they know they're working in an honest workplace. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, they, they want to see honesty from their management, from the owner, um, amongst each other. Uh, you know, don't, yeah, don't, don't lie. And the other thing is uh, getting back to the commission versus bonus system that uh, we follow the bonus system is um, a customer asks me a specific question. If I don't know the answer, hey, I pull somebody else in or another staff member will pull a different staff member in to get the actual correct answer. Mm-hmm. And so you're not sitting there BSing and you're not sitting there BSing telling uh, untruths or maybe half truths because you don't want to hand that over to another staff member because it's commission and you're going to lose the commission. So that's why I don't believe in commission. Do you admit mistakes? Yes. In fact, at our staff meeting, I brought up examples of mistakes that I've made so that they don't make the same mistakes. <laughs> so. No, but uh, honestly, though, that that is going to send, you know, actions do speak louder than words. And for an owner to stand up in front of the group and say, I screwed up, um, let's gives them permission to do the same. And unless you do that, I don't think they do. Yeah, yeah. If, if they see the owner make all kinds of excuses, well, then why can't they? Mm-hmm. So you lead by example. That's pretty basic. We're saving lives here. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> uh, core, core values, let's sh- share some more from the, the mighty list here. Okay, well, the next one, and, and I think this is what, uh, it's, a, it's a mindset. And I think that um, a lot of people working in whatever industry they're in, I used to work in the high-tech industry, and you would think, well, okay, you're working in an engineering department designing high-tech products. What's that got to do with service? Well, my particular department provided various services to the engineering department, lab services, technical services, computing services. And um, I early on sat down with my staff and said, we have a valuable role. I mean, we're not the tail wagging the dog. The engineers are the guys and, and women doing, doing the work that's necessary to design these products, but they need, they need services and we provide that to them. We provide a very valuable asset, but let's never put the cart ahead of the horse. You have to be willing to serve others. It's not a demeaning role. It's the same as when you go into a restaurant and a server takes care of you. They're doing an important role. Don't don't treat them like like crap. They're they're doing a good job, hopefully, and uh, and helping you. And you're paying their wages. It's it's all everybody's here to help each other. You go to get your oil changed. Well, you're paying for a service, and you want that that job done. Um, you know, pleasantly and, and, and good value for your money. So a willingness to serve both the team members and customers. And don't be exasperated. Oh, my gosh, and another customer came in the, in the store. Oh, my God, the phone's ringing again. You know what? This is, this is your paycheck, and, and this is why you're here. And don't roll your eyes. Don't roll your eyes if a coworker's uh, busier than heck on the sales floor needs a couple of bikes prepped to go out the door. Hey, don't roll your eyes. You're part of this team, and this is what's, what's making our business uh, work. And so, uh, you know, 
it's not always convenient to, to, to help. Maybe you're in the middle of something, but you know, you're a team and, and be willing to serve each other as I, well as a customer. I love the story from uh, the keg. Uh, one of the former proprietors of, of the keg, he told the story of how uh, another keg franchise was mystery dined by by the keg uh, corporate, and uh, they showed up on a Saturday night at seven thirty, and they got you know they waited a long time for seating, they waited a long time for their dinner, for their dessert, for the drinks, everything, and so uh, he was called onto the carpet saying, "You cannot deliver this service, or you know really you're going to get fined, and then we're going to start talking about some other things and." And he says, how dare you uh, shot me on a busy Saturday when you know that we are just slammed? And the district manager phoned him personally and said, listen, all the marketing, all the menus, everything we do is to make sure that you are slammed. So do not come back to me (laughs) with that excuse because that will not fly at the keg headquarters. (laughs) It was a pretty funny moment. But no, it's true. Like if it's never, ever a book time to help someone like that's what I've imparted to my children is it's never a good time to help someone. So you have to like, it has to make time to do that. So it's, it's good that you have part of that, that core value. Well, and and not just that, you know, it comes back to the first point, uh, being enthusiastic. Okay. You're slammed on a Saturday. You wonder sometimes why some of these retirees didn't come in on a weekday instead of a weekend. doesn't matter. Maybe it's convenient. Um, and they come in and you're slammed, but they, you're enthusiastic, you're helpful, you're pleasant. You know what? People will wait. They will. If you know, you're working and, and hard. If you're working hard and you're working with them. And, you know, if I go to a restaurant and they're slammed and, you know, the, the server comes to me and says, oh, you know, we're, we're really backed up in the kitchen. Uh, it's going to take a while. You know, they set the expectations. You, you know, instead of expecting the meal in 10 minutes and it's going to be 30, but they told you that, hey, you agreed to move forward here. So, um, and, and you know, just just talking to the customer. Let them know what's going on and be pleasant. If you're just going to have that unenthusiastic face and you're going to delay things left, right, and center when you go to that restaurant or wherever you're going, you know, that's not a great experience. Sorry, that's that doesn't cut it anymore. What's interesting about your core values list is this could be, I mean, you run a cycle store, but this could be anywhere. This could be anything and everyone and I think that's the beauty of the list is, is, is it specific to cycling? Yeah, there, there's some cycling aspects to it, but for the most part, any retailer, any store could utilize this list. Oh, absolutely. And it, not just stores, within offices. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, my background, I, I worked uh, for almost 20 years in high tech and you, you, everybody should keep this philosophy. So every team. So, so what else you got? Come on. Well, okay. All right. Accountable for your own actions. Um, it kind of ties into honesty as well. Own your mistakes. You know what? If you screwed up, you made a mistake, admit it. So, you know, I, I made a mistake. I ordered the wrong product. I, ordered, I did this or I did that. Gee, I didn't prep the bike properly. Oh, I forgot to tighten something. You know, I mean, hopefully you don't do a lot of that stuff. But but when you do it, don't put the blame on somebody else. Oh, I was busy. This No, I said, oh, shit. I missed that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Let's move forward. That saves so many problems and in life, in marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Marital advice with Gary yes, Norco. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been married a long time, so oh, yeah. you get to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, accountability, I think, and, and, and this is something I've, again, carried through as a parent. 
is is if you own actions, but going back to your thought about you standing up and, and owning your own. So I think again, and I've I've explained when I was late picking up my daughter at uh, at her horse lesson, she goes, "Where were you?" And I said, "To be honest, Tess, <laughs> I lost track of time, and I tried to do too much within the time I was given, and I apologize, and I will do better." And she says, "Okay." And it was interesting because I felt like the kid in the baby seat, actually. But it was it was important for her to see I owned it, I was accountable to it, and I'm not going to do that again. So that that was that was part of the process that you have to do in order to get the desired result with your staff is is being accountable yourself. Well, and not just staff, you know, to a customer, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody is perfect out there, and uh, you know, sometimes we. We miss a thing or two on a bike repair mm-hmm. and a customer comes back, phones us or calls us or emails us. Admit. Number one, first admit. First of all, say sorry because yeah. you messed up. Admit you messed up and take care of the problem. That's all they want. They want the problem fixed. They Don't do. bullshit and say it was a reason it wasn't. Okay. So again, what else you got on this list? Because uh, I'm, I'm curious because the, the staff was a big part in developing it. Um, this is the fifth one on the list here, loyal and respectful. Okay. Loyal to, to the team, loyal to the business, loyal to the customer sometimes too, because you know, the customer has a problem. Now you're going to take that problem to the back, to the, to the service area and say, look, this customer has a problem. And ah, you know, it's a, no, no, the customer has a problem here. So you're loyal to them too. And, um, respectful, you know what, they're, they're, too many people are not respectful out there, and and let's let's take a step back here, and and and, and let's be a little nicer to one another. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, hey, you got a chance to open a door for, you know, uh, a mum pushing a stroller, and uh, you know what? It's it's really tough getting in a door with a stroller if it's not an automated door. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, look around you. Uh, take the blinders off and uh, be respectful to people. Let a person in line and. Uh, you know, when I was driving to work this morning, I had to cut over one more lane to be able to take a left turn. You know, somebody somebody gave me a little space and I waved. Thanks. You know, that was, you know, a nice thing of the day. So, you know, if we did a little bit more of that, it would be a lot nicer world. So it's it's good, too, that, you know, in a store like yours with with customers that are loading bikes on a bike racks that are sometimes really cumbersome, that staff run out and, and will put that bike on there, even if the person doesn't appear to want help or anything else but offering assistance even if you think they can still say no but at the very least somebody was respectful enough of saying i can help let me help yep and it's not do you need some help here let me help you with that exactly it's a different way of looking at it the next the next couple points here i'm going to merge the two together punctual and dependable um punctual don't show up one minute before you have to start work. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, my best days are when I get in there an hour early and, and you know, somebody on the other end listening to this goes, oh, yeah, well, of course, you're a business owner. You know what? I did that when I worked for another major corporation. I was there early. Mm-hmm. I get, you get hold of the day. It makes you feel better. You are in control, not the day is controlling you. So get there a little early. You know, maybe bring up the issues that you had to deal with yesterday that you didn't finish. Get prepared for the day. And it's interesting, I was listening to an, an army general or admiral who was talking about uh, motivation. And he said, the first thing I do when I get out of bed, I get up early, but he says, it's not about that. I make my bed, and he said, it's 
perfect when I leave. So the first order of the day, the first thing I've done, I've done it very well. And he says, that sets me on a path to excellence. And he said, part and parcel with that is getting up early enough to prepare for any issues that might happen that would actually throw you off your agenda. So he, he again talks about that preparation time. So that's interesting you say that. Yeah. So it, it somewhat ties into being punctual, dependable. You know, I guess it is another another subject, but uh, own the task. If you say you're going to do something, be dependable, get it done, mm-hmm. you know, and follow that task to the end. Now, you can't necessarily do it nonstop. You're interrupted by a lot of things in the day. Everybody is. That's life. But finish it. Follow it through right to the end. A business coach talked to me about abdication versus delegation. And abdication is he tells you what to do and you go do it and you never check back in. You just you just assume that it's getting done. And I know that in a chaotic retail world, that's sometimes tough to do. But abdication was he just said, if you never, ever check back in on someone to at least give them the satisfaction of saying they did complete the task. And I found that an interesting sidebar to this, which is abdication versus delegation. Delegation is, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this. And then I'm going to check back in and make sure everything's going going well. Is that something else you follow? Uh, there's, there's a, I think, a, something in between there. You delegate it to someone. And while you're delegating, make sure you're specific with what your requirements are and how you want it done and you can say hey check back with me to let me know that it's all taken care of especially the first time or two you want to make sure they do it right so that they're not going down the path of doing it over and over again the wrong way so um yeah i think there's a there's some in between there as well we're, we're getting through the list and uh it's up to you if you want to share the whole list do you want to do you want to share the whole well list? if you've got time i certainly you do and let's, i, let's I, I don't rolling. mind the other one is open-minded to other perspectives and viewpoints um, you know, sometimes you think you know everything, You're, you've worked in a particular industry for years and years. You know what? There's always something new you can learn, and there, you can learn it from customers. Maybe somebody comes in with a strange bike, and or their application is slightly different. Don't be too judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they want to be more upright than you think they should be on that bike. Um, well, you know, they may have reasons. Listen. And uh, listen to them. Be open-minded and also, too, just within the shop, maybe certain people have a, a different way of doing something. They still get the job done. They get it done efficiently, correctly, but they have a little way, different way of looking at it or, or, um, or taking care of the issue. And, uh, and I think it's important to uh, understand other people's viewpoints. You may not always agree with it, but, um, I mean, and sometimes you have to come to an agreement. That's, that's a separate issue, but be open-minded. But what's interesting is uh, when you have, let's say someone comes in and and they're a a flatlander and they, that is their, that is something they believe in. Um, And, and what I've seen the open-mindedness is, okay, you believe that and that's fine. And we're going to sell you a bike. And, and if that is your truth, you're welcome to it. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to speak plainly and truthfully about how this bike works and performs and everything else, but you know, we're, and we're not going to get into a big dialogue about whether the earth is flat or round or triangle or isosceles or whatever. Just, I, I think that's an important point. And there may be some times when a customer just will not believe us mm-hmm. and you have to move forward. 
say, okay, you know, that's fine. If that's what you think. Okay, that's your opinion, and, and you're certainly welcome to it. Um, but uh, let's move forward here. But what, I, what I've always appreciated is the frankness of, of being able to say to someone, if, if you don't believe as a specialty, and, and this could go for anything, it could go for any specialty item, the powerful word with sales is no. And then that is, for what you've told me, for the use you're going to make of this product, that actually will not work. This product will not perform to the expectation you want. So I'm going to say to you, strongly suggest you not buy this product. And I've I've heard that at your store and, and I hope other specialty stores have the, what I call the kahunas to say, this is actually not gonna be the right product for you and I don't wanna see this returned based on the fact you didn't take my recommendation. And, and I think more stores could do that. Absolutely right. I mean, we're not we're not about to snow somebody. We don't want to give them a product that doesn't meet their expectations, and we don't want to deceive them because if they find out then that it doesn't meet their expectations, they're going to bring it back. Do we want that? No. So why why should we ever sell them something that doesn't you know where we haven't been a hundred percent honest with them and let them know that what what needs it does meet, and if their expectations are way out in left field and we can't achieve that, we we have to tell them that. Well, I want to make sure we get through this list because it, I think the list is important. So what, what else you got on the list? The list. We're continuing here. Core values. Passionate about the industry. Whoa. Okay, In my case, I say passionate about the bike industry. If you're working in the jewelry industry, you're working in the cosmetic, wherever you're working, whatever job you're doing, be passionate about it. If you're not, it's a long, slow, boring life. Mm-hmm. And, and is that, where does that show up like when... If you were to try to conceptualize or, or articulate how someone can show passion, what does that mean for you as an owner of a bike shop? Like if, if, if an employee is showing passion, how does that, how does that display for you? Oh, it's almost in every aspect, whether you're receiving product and, you know, that's your job and you want to make sure you get it done, get it accurately, efficiently, um, you're fixing a bike and you know that's your enjoyment you're a mechanical oriented person and you want that bike to run just as best as it can uh for the bike that it is and and passion for the industry if you know you're selling bikes typically you know all of our staff ride bikes you know and they love it and now they might not do every aspect of biking that's not what appeals to every single single one of them but uh, um, be passionate about it. It makes it makes life so much more fun and, and enjoyable. I'm, I'm a business owner. I'm passionate about the business, running the business as well as what the services we provide. It, it, I, I think I was reading a business book and, and one of the, the fellows is talking about going through the old uh, toll booth on the BC highways, Coquihalla. And he, he rolled up to this window and this, this guy said, isn't today great? Like, look at the weather. I, I get to work. I get to meet people like you. And he says, this is just the best job ever. And he says, I'm able to catch up on my studying for university and my downtime. He says, I can't believe how grateful I am to get this job. And when he's driving back from Vancouver, he re he goes to a different toll booth. And this person is surly and cannot even make eye contact. And he said, I can only imagine that that person, the day is much longer. And he said, I can only 
I can only guess that when they go home, they just flop on the couch and watch Netflix. Like you said, it, it was just the tale of two people. And it's interesting when you have passion, the day goes much quicker. If you don't, I mean, you're in the pit of despair. Well, you get up in the morning looking forward to work. I mean, we have to spend half of our waking hours working. You better enjoy it. And if you don't, make some changes to your life. And I'm not a life coach here, but uh, but I would tell anybody that. if Make changes. Okay, so we, we have just... How many, how many items are left? Two more li- items. Okay, let's go two more and, and on the, yeah, give me, give me the last two. <laughs> okay, here we go. Don't make assumptions without the facts. And this happens a lot of times, especially on the mechanical side of things. Somebody, somebody brings a bike in or somebody brings something in and it doesn't work and you assume they screwed up. Don't assume that. Don't make that assumption. Ask questions. Um, okay, under what situation did this happen? What were you doing? What gear were you in? Okay, here, just a sec. Let me take this out for a spin. Oh, yeah, there is a problem there. Don't assume that they're, it's user error or whatever out there. Don't make assumptions. Get the facts. Then use those facts to make your assumption. That's a good one. Okay. Okay, and the last one, initiative. And again, that comes back to enthusiasm, passion for the business. It, it, a number of these points tie into each other. Um, you know, I, take initiative. Okay, you're tripping over that uh, couple boxes that are on the floor. Well, uh, gee, you know what? It doesn't take much head scratching to figure out, pick them up, put them where they belong. But take that initiative. You see something, oh, that display's not quite right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix that up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that. Mm-hmm. You're walking in the door and there's a little bit of garbage on the sidewalk. Take the initiative, pick it up. What's interesting, and this is something um, I do take pride in, is we were having a, a dinner at friends. My kids were with me, and and of course I'm a bit of a talker, so I'm. We're having this this uh, conversation. My kids, you know, weren't really involved, and my son got up and started clearing the plates and taking him up to the the kitchen, even though it wasn't our house, but taking him out to the kitchen and just starting to you know uh, rinse off the dishes and and my you know, people we were having dinner with said, wow, like that is wonderful. And they used the word initiative. And, and I was very proud at that moment, but it's very true. If you work in a, in a retail store where there's always, always, always something to do, (laughs) there really is. Yeah. And you know, maybe, uh, Check the tires, see if the, you need to top up the tire pressures um, or the bike's all put, a, put away or the tag's all on the bike, that sort of stuff. And, and you know, it, it, the big picture, if you're doing things like that in the quiet times, then maybe I don't have to hire another person. Mm-hmm. So, hey, the bonuses can be bigger. So, you know, it's, it's all comes around. Plus, it just makes the shop better. Yeah. Okay, so uh, again... The, our time flew by and and thanks for sharing that core values list. I think, again, anybody who has a, a business, a company, an office environment with people in it um, could probably util, utilize something like that core values list. So you would you would be willing to share that list with anyone who, who wants a copy of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely would. I think it just makes us all better. So I'm happy to do that. Another thing I might add too is, you know, there are a lot of businessmen out there with all kinds of experience and, and uh, you know, been, been through a lot of different uh, uh, ups and downs. And um, I've signed up for the Junior Achievement um, 
I don't know, association, I can't remember the official title. And um, I enjoy imparting some of, you know, my business knowledge and experience with younger minds who are considering being an entrepreneur. And I, I believe very, very strongly that, that um, you know, the backbone of our our whole country is made up of entrepreneurs, and uh, and I, I would love to support them at any age. So, you know, those businessmen out there maybe listening to this, you know, consider that. Maybe even if it's a talk at a high school or a college. Well said, sir. Thank you so much for your time and sharing it with us today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure.